You're listening to Casual Talk Radio, where common sense is still the norm. Whether you're a new or a longtime listener, we appreciate you joining us today. Visit us at casualtalkradio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Casual Talk Radio returns to the air with more to talk about around women. And I hesitated because I was, there's a couple of topics that I had to choose, you know, I want to pick my battles, but I wanted to try to keep my episodes around 30 minutes. I didn't want to go too long and I had to choose. And I ultimately settled on this, which is a revisit of a previous podcast episode around women. And I think it's important because I was seeing some information online that told me this is a bigger problem than even I wrapped my head around. I knew that it was an issue and I knew some of these circles being talked about were certainly at under attack. I didn't realize how deep this had gone. So I'm going to share this and I'm going to preface because people listening may not understand where it's coming from. Just to be clear, I'm not a female. I've never presented as a female. Don't want to present as a female. I'm pretty sure there were times when I was maybe two or three or four or something young where I might've toyed with the notion of trying on clothes that were not for my gender. I don't attribute that as any sort of gender dysphoria as the term is. I attribute that as being a kid that just did whatever. So just a level set, I do not identify as a female. So I still feel I'm entitled to share an opinion about what I see because as a man, as I am, it concerns me for multiple reasons that I'm not going to go into deep detail. It's a larger issue. Out of Utah, if you're not following the big news, but out of Utah, a law was passed that essentially bans men from the women's restroom. It's essentially what it's doing. That's essentially what it's doing. The irony is that this was presented from a Republican. It was a, a woman from a Republican, and it was under kind of the Christian umbrella and the idea of biological gender. It, it literally in the law says you have to go into the bathroom with that matches your biological gender. It only scopes to government buildings and education schools. It does not talk about private sector at all. It has nothing to do with private sector. It's only for the what they can control. Because when you start trying to force a control on the private sector, as we did during the pandemic, all sorts of bad things happen. So they already knew they couldn't step over bounds. But they figured we got to start somewhere and kind of corral this business. They made an exception for the unisex bathrooms, which drive me nuts, by the way, but the unisex bathrooms that are floating around that they were trying to do ostensibly to save money. But we know what the real root cause of this was. What made me chuckle a little bit is the a level of outrage when this was being passed saying misogyny. The, the word misogyny was actually used to describe anybody who supported this law. Let me just put some framework around that. We're saying that somebody is misogynistic for writing a law or supporting a law that essentially bans men from the women's restroom. Listen when I say that. And if you don't start laughing, I don't know what's wrong with you because that's a joke. It's a joke because what it's doing, we talk about this whole cultural appropriation nonsense, you know, Ben Shapiro putting out a rap song that goes to number one, beating Megan Thee Stallion and all this garbage. We blackface and all this. We talk about cultural appropriations. We talk about crossing lines and graying. No, no, no. You're taking terms and you're trying to change their definition 
because of a certain subset of people who are trying to push a cause where the truth is the majority of them don't really believe in the cause themselves. There was a swimmer name. I'm giving legal name, William Thomas, William Thomas changed into Leah Thomas. L I A is three letters in William, of course. So Leah as Leah Thomas, William Thomas sued so that he could swim in the women's swimming team against women. I don't know if you're paying attention. Biologically speaking, the physical stature, your body, your very physical, what makes you a man, you are naturally stronger athletically, naturally stronger than women can be. It just happens to be the genetics of it all. So this guy, because he was William, this guy who goes as Leah during this, just blows him out and gets first place completely. It wasn't even close. The reason is because his body gave him more of an advantage. When you're swimming, you need muscles, you need endurance, you need all sorts of things that he would have already had significantly more of, and that gave him an advantage. People did some research, and it turns out this guy was placed in like 400th place when going against the men. He couldn't hang going against other men, and they theorized that his stunt, because that's what it was, was because he felt inept. He felt like he cannot compete on a level playing field and he had to do something to try to be a winner, which may point to a psychological issue. Nobody knows for sure. I'm putting the dots together because you can't explain any other way why a person would want to compete against women when you were born a man. It doesn't make any sense. Like ethically, you shouldn't want to do that. Ethically, I would not want to, I'm talking at a competitive level, you know, I would not want to go and play some sport where there's a chance that I could take some prize from women simply because of whatever I'm having a problem with mentally. It's ethically wrong. It, it's wrong. If there's a competition that is a, you know, intergender competition where it's all fair game, that's one thing. But it's understood that both genders are involved. It's not like one person is pretending to be the other gender while beating that gender when your physical stature allows you to have the tactical advantage. And I was disgusted when I saw this. So there's hashtags trending around save women's sports. I've always said it's not just about sports, although that's a big part of it. It's not just about sports, ladies. Gentlemen, you should be listening to what I say next. It's not just about sports. It's about everything. If you think about women's care, the whole big thing around women's care, the, the I'm not even talking abortion at this point. I'm talking just access to women's care supplies. Women have a need for certain supplies that men will never have a need to have access to. Have you noticed how that's basically a, a grift in a way? Like the amount of money that's charged to women for supplies that only they can use, that they depend on, no pun intended, that they, they've got to have, and the, the amount of money that you have to invest in order to keep up with what you've got to have as a woman. That, by the way, men don't really necessarily have to have that at all. Men have to have supplies, but it's nowhere close. Don't get me started. So it, it's a grift in a way, but that's always been the case, right? It's always been out there. It's always been that these are just what they are, and it's, it's how it is, but the price right? Inflation. Who then takes the impact when inflation hits? 
Who takes the impact when the government decides to close down businesses? Who takes the impact when the government is printing, printing, printing money like crazy, causing prices of goods and services to increase? Who gets the disproportionate share of the financial impact, ladies, and to a lesser degree, gentlemen? It's women because of the nature of what they need. That's what it is. So it goes beyond sports in that encroachment is what it is. It goes beyond that because it's also this other side here. We know you need it. We know it's got to be made available for you, but we see it as an opportunity to take more money from you due to factors outside of your control. Then I circle back now to things like childcare. Childcare is one of the harder things to manage and it disproportionately leans female. Why? Because it's disproportionately true that you'll have a single mother as opposed to a single father. That's not saying for the naysayers that there are no single fathers. That's stupid. I'm saying disproportionately speaking, you're more likely to have a single mother than a single father. You can have where that person was the father of the child, but are they taking care of the children? Likely it's not them. Likely it's the mother. Just to clarify what I'm saying so you don't try to come at me. So if we accept that is true, and I encourage you to do your own research on that topic, but if we accept that is true, that disproportionately it is the women who are having to take care of the children when they become a single parent, that's an expense because now you have your own expense for the things you must have. You have the expenses for the child that you must take care of. You try to get money from the other parent, that's not necessarily a guarantee. It should be, but it's not necessarily. The tax system offers benefits for when you have children, but that tax system assumes a full household, you know, a head of household and other things. But you can still take some benefits. They're not that great. They're not the amazing thing. There's the assumption you're going to get money out of the other person. What if that other person has no job? What if that other person makes half of nothing? What if that other person can barely take care of themselves? It's going to disproportionately impact women. Now, we can come back to the abortion conversation because it connects to what I just described. In an abortion situation, you have multiple reasons for the abortion. We're not going to go into the reasons. They're not relevant for this conversation, but you have multiple reasons for the abortion. Let's assume that a person chooses this is the right decision for their body that they're going to go and get the abortion. They have to now think about whether their locale supports them doing so whether that care is accessible and available to them, whether that care is actually safe as opposed to an unsafe form, because if it's banned, there may be a desperation where they go to an unsafe place, which is doing what? Putting their own health at risk. Because these are things that they, as a woman, have to contend with that a man does not. And a man never will, despite what they call themselves. We accept that as true, most of us, not all of us. If we accept it as true for the group that accepts what I said as true, these are things that women must contend with that men cannot do. Now you tie the dots together to say, well, who's ultimately making these decisions? Who's making these calls? It certainly isn't women because the women wouldn't make those decisions because they would know what's needed. It's men. And the men are doing it for a reason, a very specific reason. It's not for equality. They're doing it because they know they can. They're doing it because they know there's a need. Where there's a need, there's demand, supply and demand. In supply and demand, your prices are based on the demand of a thing. 
when there's higher demand, the prices go up. You may remember the whole EpiPens fiasco where one company was manufacturing this thing with really no competition because they lobbied not to have any competition out there. And you could only get them from one place and they skyrocketed the prices at a time people really needed them. And if you don't know what EpiPens are, EpiPens are when you're about to have some sort of anaphylactic attack. You can inject this. It's like a, a, a allergy, basically. You can inject this when you're getting the onset of it to basically help keep you alive and keep you safe when this happens. It's an injectable deal. And it was not, it's not that much to manufacture it. It used to be much more accessible than it became. And then they skyrocketed the price. I think it went up like 10X or some nonsense to where the government had to get involved. And then eventually you start seeing generics show up. But at the time, it was the only thing like it available. The vast majority of those that would need that product are mothers who are doing it for their kid. That was the vast majority because in a kid, you don't necessarily know what's going to set them off until it sets them off. And then you're concerned, right? If they, if they swell up or they stop breathing or something happens, you can't know. Sometimes it's fatal. Anaphylactic shock is a real deal. And certain allergic reactions are a real deal where the EpiPen was kind of your only life savings. If you really didn't know that something could happen to your kid. So when that happened, again, disproportionately impacts women. So I go down a laundry list of all these different things. And hopefully you're connecting the same dots I am. When I say there's an attack on women, I'm not exaggerating it. It's obvious. Now, is it malicious? No, it's not. It's because no matter what, there has not been a desire to push back. There's not been a desire to say something about it. And this is why I said, ladies and gentlemen, you want to hear this because men have a part, they have a part to blame for that because everybody's got to speak up about the crap they're seeing when they see a disproportionate impact on women. The focus though, and the media is very brilliant about this. The focus always was on equality. Women want equality. Women want to be treated the same. Women have never wanted to be treated the same. That's the fallacy. That's what the media pushes. That's what's promoted. That's never been the case. I guarantee you, there's not a woman out there with any common sense that would say they want to be treated the same. If you go back in time to every single push women had done prior to the current modern era of social media, the push had always been they wanted to be able to work on a level playing field equivalent to men with no disadvantage compared to them. So in other words, if men can play basketball, women should be able to play basketball. That got distorted into women want to play against men in basketball. That was never the messaging. It was as a sport. There's no reason why women cannot play that sport boxing. There's no reason that women cannot participate in boxing against other women. MMA. There's no reason that women cannot participate in that sport against other women. I go on and on and on. That was always the message is we just want to be allowed to do the same thing because we don't see anything that a man can do where we should not be able to be allowed to do it if we so choose to. All the way to construction, frankly, anything you can think of. Now, where the media screwed it up for everybody is when they largely pushed by a certain minority, loud voice minority. 
they distorted it into a message of we should be able to do what a man can do just like a man and be paid the same. And so they turned it into a money conversation. So then stats get run. Stats that are faulty, stats that are wrong, stats that are misrepresentative of the truth of the situation. And all the time, it was a deflection and a distraction away from the truth I'll get to here in a second. But when salaries start coming in the picture, women are making less than men. Nobody's sitting down to do true equivalency all the way down the chart. We're talking equivalent level of education, equivalent level of stature. By stature, I mean for the job, right? If you're petite, 90-something pounds, you're not going to be lifting 100-pound desks at Staples like I had to do. Stature matters in certain jobs. It simply does. That doesn't mean that you cannot be considered for that job, but if the job requires you lift 100-pound desks all day, every day, you would not be qualified for that job if you're a 90-pound petite woman. It's just what it is. That's not discrimination. That's the nature of the job requires you be able to do a thing. And we see you cannot do that thing. It's not possible. That is not discrimination. They then targeted certain jobs where women would never want to work the job in the first place. Those jobs, you're going to find an imbalance because women don't want to work those jobs in the first place. The vast majority of janitors in buildings are not women. They're men. The vast majority of window workers, window washers, any work, work in the poles, electric poles, cable, any work that is hard labor outdoors, the vast majority of women don't want to work those jobs. So if they don't want to work those jobs, you're going to see an imbalance in the pay because women don't want to work the jobs. Numerically, you don't have the numbers to support equality of pay within those roles. But I guarantee you, if you look at the same role, and I mean role, in the medical field, you're not going to find anywhere near the level of imbalance that you might see on some of these other ones. You'll see some imbalance because as I had to learn when I was much younger, there's a lot more to the medical field than just being a doctor. You might be on the administrative team. You might be on coding. You might be in billing. You might be a, just a front desk worker. There's all sorts of layers to working medical. And it is true that some people, they're paid based on tenure. There are people I know of right now where they make more money than the director of their own department, the person they report to, simply because some organizations pay based on tenure. So if you're there for 30 years, and depending on the type of role, especially in the government sector, it's assumed you're going to make more money each and every year, and they just give you raise after raise after raise. The government sector, and I target them because they're the worst offender at this, the government sector has never caught up to the idea of a true range that you would never exceed. So they just basically keep compensating you for your service, time and service. No problem. The military has long moved away from that mantra. They've since gone to a medal that's, hey, we're going to constrain how much we can pay you at the most based on your level. Some sectors have never done that. So if I look at two new hires, the tenure is zero. If one of them has significantly more experience, it's no longer an even playing field. It doesn't matter if you have the same degree. It doesn't matter if you interview the same. It doesn't, none of that matters. Same references, none of that matters. If you have more experience, there's a bias. I worked at a phone company many years ago. And one of the things they asked when you started, and there was a whole group of us, it was like a, it was not one-to-one. -one. It was just a group hiring thing. And one of the things they asked you was, we want to go through and compensate you more 
for certain things above and beyond just the ability to take calls. Cause this is a call center job. So they gave you a differential above and beyond for the hourly rate for things like having a college degree. And if you have a two year degree, you get a bump. If you have a four year degree, you get a bump for each year of experience. You get a bump. Uh, any, any knowledge of this, you get a bump, any sort of technical certification, you get a bump. So you get all these bumps in the hourly as incentive above and beyond the base hourly rate. Well, that the days of doing that are long gone. As far as I'm understood long since gone. If I look at something like call center jobs, which are rare, but they're still out there, mostly in the waste management sector, they pay the same rate for everybody. Nobody is any different and it's all public and it's easy to understand that you're paid the same as everybody else. But that's because look at the level of skill. It doesn't matter if you're higher skilled than somebody else. It doesn't matter if you have years of customer service experience because you're all trained the same way to do the same job with the same tools. And the other problem is that the tools have been dumbed down as compared to what they used to be. I go down and this hasn't happened recently, but I told the story a while ago about going to McDonald's and this idiot, he couldn't even count the cash. He didn't know how to do it because he was expecting me to pull the debit card to do the work for him. And he couldn't count the cash. He didn't know how to do it. And he had to pull out his phone to count the change. He couldn't even figure out how to get the register to give him the change because the tool was so advanced. It essentially dumbed down the experience to where as long as somebody's swiping that card, doop, 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 it's an easy breezy. But once you have, you're confronted with an actual problem, you don't know how to get, get around it. You can't calculate in your head. And you can't make the thing count cash, even though I happen to know it's just one button and you type in the total and it does the calculation for you and it gives you the amount remaining and it tells you the dominations. He didn't even know how to do that. That has nothing to do with your gender. That could have happened to anybody. That's a training problem. The training, the training is deficient for women. It's, it's deficient for women. It's not deficient for men. It's deficient for women. I know this firsthand. I had a person that was reporting to me at a different company I was working for. Woman, she was there. She had more seniority. She was there longer than I was. I became her boss only because I knew more about the work that needed to be happening and needed to happen. And she was happy to work under me because she knew I got it covered and I'll take care of you. We just got to get the work done at the end of the day. She had some complaints here and there that I frankly feel were unfounded because I was about the work. I'm not about being your friend. It's like the work needs to be done. And nobody had ever pressured her that way. But I think if somebody were to sit down and ask her, she would say she's learned 10 times more under my command than from anybody else she ever worked for. And that's because I knew she could do certain things. And I wanted to encourage her to learn more because I wasn't going to be there the whole time. At some point, I'm going to be gone. And it doesn't matter who takes over, whether it's you or somebody else. You should have your own independent set of experience that you can bank on so that nobody can tell you what to do. That's how I push though. And it doesn't matter what gender you are. If I had my druthers, I would prefer to hire a female if I could. I can't make that call because unfortunately, and this is where I'm going to wrap, unfortunately, in a world where you are constantly pressured, constantly pressured to think about certain things when you hire that may be contradictory to the right fit, you don't really have the luxury of doing what you might want to do. So for me, I've wanted to hire female because I wanted to give them the opportunity to step up, learn. When I started my own business, and this is now 2020 I'm at, I started my own business, different business, and I hired two people. I hired two college kids. One was a, a female young lady. She was the perfect work ethic. She would show up early every single time. She would try her hardest. She just didn't have it. 
She didn't, she didn't have the ability to step outside of the, and this is just normal for young folks. They're afraid to take risks. They're afraid to step outside of this constraint. They'll follow the orders that you tell them. I need somebody to step outside of it. I need somebody to go beyond. And she wasn't able to do that. No problem. I still did the best I could to at least encourage her to say, here's some things to think about. Here's some things to take on your journey because I'm not going to be the end of your path. And I wasn't, but take it and do something more because it's not just about me. It's about the person, the work, everything around that type of mentorship, that type of guide doesn't exist for women in general. And do you know why? I can tell you why it's because there's a stigma. There's a stigma on the male side. And yes, I am generalizing, but there's a stigma on the male side that trying to do that is going to help you catch a case, like the kids like to say, as in, you'll be accused of something, and you probably will at some point. You'll be told something's cool, or you'll be in a situation seems benign, and then it ends up being something completely out of whack, or things fall out, or you get an argument, or something happens, and it doesn't end well. That's the risk. That risk is a real risk. It's not happened to me, fortunately, but it's a real risk where you got to watch out and that's why, for me, I just focus on the work. You can never go wrong focusing on the work. You can never go wrong. I have been invited over, geez, I've lost count. It's got to be at least five, six times where I've worked with or, or as boss for a female where they've invited me to different things. You know, they invited me to Thanksgiving something or they invited me to Christmas something or invited me to some party or invited me out to some, whatever. And I've said no. I say no, not because I don't necessarily want to, but because it's too risky. It's too risky. You don't know. Because let's say things get heated and something happens, and then there's a fallout, or you just catch a case, right? <laughs> so it's too much risk. I choose not to take that risk. I think a lot of people treat the workplace like, man, it's just work. We're, we're just colleagues, and this is a way for us to get along and get to know each other, when the truth is that's dangerous. If you want to take the risk, it's up to you. I'm saying that men, that stigma is coming from that. It's coming from that desire to go that route. And as something happens and you didn't anticipate it, you didn't think that it could because you were trying to trust this person because maybe you're cool with them or something. I've never done that because I refuse to be ever put in that situation where there's any sort of claim of impropriety because of me trying to help. It's always just, I'm trying to help you get a job. I'm trying to help you learn something. I'm trying to help you get a little money, whatever it is. But I'm never going to be in a situation of impropriety as claimed. And that many men struggle to do. They struggle to separate personal and work. That's number one. Alcohol plays a factor in some of that business. So now what happens? The men are afraid to speak up. The men are afraid to defend. The men are afraid to protect. The men are afraid to be guardians. They're afraid to do it. Since they're afraid to do it, women are kind of on their own and they feel like they're on their own. They feel like they have no advocate, have nobody helping them out. And they're watching all this stuff around them happening, not knowing what the heck's going on. But the truth is, it's the men that are pushing in the first place. Not the same men that you coordinate with, but other men. So in your mind, I want you to be thinking, is it true what Leister is saying here at casualtalkradio.net that women are under attack? 
Or is Leister just a nutcase that doesn't know what he's talking about? If I don't know what I'm talking about, I challenge you to give me a holler on the form. Casualtalkradio.net, hit the contact form. Tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. Tell me I'm just tinfoil. Tell me I'm loco and nuts and cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Please tell me that, that I don't know what I'm seeing and I don't know what I'm saying and none of what I'm saying is truth. Don't say, quote, I have never, because that's a fallacy. I didn't say that you did. I said women in general, because you see it happening. You see what's happening with the whole bathroom business. You see what's happening with the focus on LG, you know, lesbian, mostly lesbian, gay, and bi, as opposed to separately queer and transgender, you see what's happening there. You see what's happening with the abortion situation. You see what's happening with the price of the things that you need. You see what's happening with your ability to care for whatever children you choose to in your own home. You see what's happening around you. So if Leister is not telling the truth, I want to hear, why am I not telling the truth? What is it different that you see that I don't see as a woman because you have that perspective that I lack? In the trenches as it is, share that perspective. What is it that I'm missing? Because this is what I'm seeing. I'm speaking up because I see it and I don't like it and I'd like it to change. Whether or not it changes, that's a whole different conversation. Hopefully it does because I think it's disgusting on its face. Meanwhile, the next episode I share, which will be next week at this point, I'm going to be talking about student loans. I worked in the business, so hopefully that's a topic of interest to you because I got a lot to talk about. Apparently, there's a whole fiasco going on that's worth talking about. And guess what? Tinfall though I may be, it actually disproportionately impacts women. Fancy that. 